Amen. Man, good to see you all today. You sounded great. Well, welcome everyone. My name is Omar and I serve as a lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. I want to take the time to welcome everyone right now watching us online and also everyone watching us live all throughout Miami at our local campuses. In fact, family, let's go ahead and give it up for them. Hey, we love you and we thank you for joining us. And today is our second week of the series called Undivided. And we have joined over a hundred other churches here in South Florida. And we've been discussing how we can remain undivided as a church in the midst of a very divisive season in our nation. So it's been terrific so far, and I'm excited to dive into God's Word. We're going to be talking about how we can remain undivided in terms of our mission. And so I'm, I'm ready to dive into God's Word. I hope you are too. And so wherever you find yourself, go ahead and open your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, and you can just follow along as I read. Listen to what God's Word says. It says this. It says, but you, you Christ Fellowship, listen, you are a chosen race a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may what? A little louder, you may what? Proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. In other words, our mission is to proclaim, is to declare who Christ is and what he has done. Amen? That is God's word. You can go and take a seat, everybody. You know, I've shared with you before that one of my favorite genres of movies are actually war movies. Now, you know, there's something when I start watching it, you know, they transport you back in time. You see the history and everything. It's just really fascinating to me. And a movie that came out last year was the movie 1917. In fact, how many of you have seen the movie 1917? Yeah? Yes, I see a lot of hands. If you're watching right now online, put, I seen it in, in, the, in the chat. Now, in case you have not seen it, let me just give you a quick overview of what took place in the film. Because the film centers around a true story from the First World War. And, and what, what was happening at that moment was that 1,600 men of the Allied forces were trying to push forward the front lines. And folks, they, in their mind, they thought, get this, they thought that the Germans were retreating. And so, folks, they were pushing forward, they were pushing forward, but listen, it was actually a trap because the Germans were not retreating, but instead, listen, they were ready to attack with heavy artillery. In other words, if those men continue moving forward, they were facing certain death. And so unfortunately, the lines of communication were completely broken. They were cut off. And so the general at that time decides to pick, to select two young men to carry a message, get this, a message of salvation to those men so that they could avoid certain death. In fact, take a look at this scene. You have a brother in the 2nd Battalion. Yes, sir. Is he alive? And with your help, I'd like to keep it that way. But they're walking into a trap. Your orders are to deliver a message calling off tomorrow morning's attack. If you don't, we will lose 1,600 men. Your brother among them. Lost man standing. 
fail, it will be a massacre. Good luck. Pretty intense, right? Hey, but family, listen, do not miss the point. Because these two men, get this, these two men were selected out of the face of the entire army to carry this message of salvation to these people, to proclaim this message of salvation to these men who were facing certain physical death. Now, family, let me just bring all that over to our time together because, family, what an, what an image of the urgency of our mission. And by that, I mean that just like those two men, right, were entrusted with this message of salvation, right, so that they could avoid certain death. Listen, just like that. And here's the big idea for today. Here's my proposition for today. Our mission as a church, individually and collectively, is, listen, to take this message of salvation, the message of the gospel to the people of this city, who, get this, are facing certain eternal death. And family, we need to be undivided about our mission. We need to have unity about what we are supposed to do. Because, listen, in the church, we cannot have different missions. We cannot have political missions. We cannot have social uh, missions. But listen, if we are going to accomplish the mission that God has entrusted to us, we have to be clear on it, and we need to be undivided. Amen, family? And so you may be asking, well, pastor, how can we as a church remain undivided when it comes to our mission? Well, we're going to find out from 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter, and uh, always you can open up our apps. There you can fill in the blanks, you can look at the notes, you can read the scripture. And today, I have two thoughts for you on how we can remain undivided and accomplish our mission. In fact, write this down as point number one. Who we are motivates us to accomplish the mission. Now, let's go to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. <clears throat> it says this. It says, but you, right, you, Christ Fellowship, listen, you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are a people for his own possession that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. Now pause right there and slip into the scene for a moment. <clears throat> because Peter here is writing to a church, right, to the early church that has been spread out all throughout the Roman Empire. And they have been persecuted by this evil emperor called Nero. And we looked at him last week. And family, these people were simply exhausted emotionally, uh, spiritually. And family, I think we can relate to that because I think we've gone through a long week, right? We've gone through a long season. And I think so many of us are spiritually and emotionally drained. So Peter here is reminding them, listen, that even though, right, even though you are tired you are emotionally, spiritually, uh, spiritually drained. Listen, we still have a mission to accomplish. And folks, the way that the Lord is going to motivate them and us today here at Christ Fellowship 
is by first reminding them and us who we are. And so who are we? We'll write this down as letter A. First off, listen, we are chosen by God. We are chosen by God. Let's go back and see how the passage starts. Listen to what it says. It says, but you are a what? A little louder. But chosen. You are a chosen race. Now, circle the word chosen right there for just a moment. Because the word chosen there in the original Greek text, you know, we always like to remind you that the Bible was first written in Greek and Hebrew and then translated into different languages. Well, the word there for chosen is the word eklektos. And eklektos just means to be, to be picked out, to be chosen. It's interesting that the word for church that we use for, in the English language for church is a derivative of this word, which in the original text is ecclesia. And so ecclesia, eklektos, so there's that, that connection, right? The church means the, 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 the picked out ones, right? The called out ones. And so the first thing that God wants to be sure that you know deep in your heart, deep in your soul, when it, as it comes to our mission, is that we have been chosen by God. In fact, listen to what it says back in the book of Deuteronomy. Listen to what it says. It says, for you are a people holy to the Lord your God. And the Lord your God has chosen you to be a people for his treasured possession. Don't you love that? Out of all the people on the face of the earth, it was not because you were more in numbers than any other people that the Lord set his love on you and chose you, for you were the fewest of all people. In other words, listen, you weren't the, you know, God didn't choose you because you were the smartest, the smartest or the most talented or just the most eloquent. Listen, God didn't choose you because of all that, but rather, notice, it is because the Lord loves you. See, family, out of all the people on the face of the earth, the Lord chose you to be his son and his daughter. And here's the thing. God did not only choose you, not just so that you have a relationship with God, but listen, also what? To carry this message. In fact, as a child of God, you should treasure the fact that you have been chosen by God to carry the message of the gospel. You know, I remember when I was a little boy in the late 80s, I was in school that back, back then there was no cell phones, right? They were, they, you know, it was just back in the day. And so I remember that oftentimes when the teacher, we were, I was part of a really small school. So when the teacher wanted to send a note to another teacher or to the principal's office, usually she would select one of the kids to go take that note. You guys remember that, right? I remember, I remember as a little boy, whenever I would get selected to go take that note, I just felt so honored, right? I had a little pep in my step, and I was just walking through the hallway, right? When I wasn't in trouble, right? But when it, when it was, right, when, it, when I wasn't in trouble. So I, would, I just felt so, I, I just felt so, so honored to be able to carry this little message. And family, you know, I, I know this is kind of silly, but isn't that the way we should feel? Listen, when we have been chosen by God to carry the message of the gospel, it should be something that we treasure, and folks, not only have we been chosen, but write this down as letter B. Listen, you need to remember that we represent God. Now, let's go back to the passage. Listen to what it says. It says, but you are a chosen race, and you are now also a royal, what? Priesthood. Now, 
Peter is again making another Old Testament reference, and he's making a reference to the Old Testament um, priests of, of the nation of Israel. And one of the main things that the people, that the, that the priests would usually do is not only did they go before God, but in many ways, they represented God to the people. In other words, whenever someone from that nation, from that city, from that town would see one of the priests, they knew that that man represented God. And folks, listen, that, I believe that that's exactly what God envisions for you and for me. You know, let me remind you that, student, when you're at school and everyone's talking about different things, listen, remember that you represent God. Listen, when you're at work and everyone's gossiping and, and having water cooler talk, listen, you, in that moment, you represent God. You know, when you're hanging out with your old friends on Friday night and, and you're catching up on things, listen, you represent God. And listen, when you are at Thanksgiving meal, right, and you have people around you, your friends and family who are maybe not, they don't know God, remember, listen, you might be excited about that fried turkey you're about to eat, but remember that at that time, listen, you represent God. And family, the reason that you're able to represent God is because you have personal knowledge of him. Listen, you have personally experienced who God is. You know, I have a good friend of mine. His name is John Rodriguez. And he is somebody who helped, you know, I've been a good friend with him for a long, long time. He helped me start the, the, the uh, Miami Springs campus. He's now at the Ralph. And if you know John, he is a funny, funny guy. But if you know him, you also know that he knows every good restaurant in Miami. He knows every good restaurant. And so whenever he goes to a new restaurant that he loves, here's what happens. He'll call you up and say, hey, man, what's going on? Catch up. And say, hey, man, I went to this new place. And he always uses, he uses this phrase. And let me tell you, they have the best roast beef sandwich. Oh, man, they got the best salads. Oh, they got the best this and the best that. And, folks, he almost becomes like a representative, a representative of that restaurant, right? It's almost like he has stock in that restaurant. And so we always have fun with him and we play around. But the reality is that the reason he is so passionate about that, right, is because he experienced it. And, you know, family, when you and I experience the Lord, Listen, the reason that we can represent him is because we know the Lord. And so we represent to the people that we meet in our families, at work, and in this city. And not only that, but listen, write this down as letter C also. Listen, we need to realize that we have been set apart for God. In fact, let's go back to the passage. Listen to what it says. It says, but you are a chosen race. You are a royal priesthood, and what's the next phrase? A holy what? Nation. Now, the word holy there means to be set apart, and the word nation there in the original Greek text is the word ethnos, which is the word we get ethnicity from. And so what, what, the, what God's word is reminding us here is that we are a set-apart uh, uh, people, a set-apart ethnic group. And, you know, today, in, in today's day and age, you know, Race and ethnicity is a hot topic, isn't it? I mean, everyone's talking about it. It's all over the news. But have you considered this? That when you came to know Christ, and we all came together as a family of God, listen, that we're not part of a new race. We're part of a new ethnicity. You know, in fact, Scripture tells us that we have now a new citizenship. 
and that is in heaven. And we are so generous in this earth. Listen, we love the United States, right? We, I mean, we love this country. But when you come to know Christ, God, you know, the God reminds you, listen, that you have an eternal citizenship which is in heaven. And so, folks, listen, while we are on this earth, while we are sojourners on this earth, you got to remember, listen, you've been set apart until you see them face to face. You've been set apart to accomplish the mission. You're thinking, right, all right, Omar, I get it, right? We, we, get the, we, we, we have a mission to accomplish, so how do we, so, so here's, how do, what, what do we need to know? We'll write this down as big number two. Listen, we need to remember that what we say, what we say, our words, lead us to accomplish the mission. Now, let's go back to the passage. Listen to what it says. It says, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. You're a people for his own possession, that so that you may what? Right? Here's a mission, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you. Now, make a mark on the word proclaim there, because the word there in the original text means to publish or to advertise something. So here's what the Lord is helping you understand. That part of the reason that God chose you, part of the reason that God saved you, is not only so that you can enjoy a personal relationship with God, but you have a big aspect of your responsibility, which is to what? To proclaim him, right? To carry his mission. In fact, listen to what God's word says in the book of Isaiah. He says this. This is a people who I formed for myself but only so that they can have a relationship with him? No, right? That they may what? That they may declare my praise. You see, Israel made the great mistake of thinking that the reason that the Lord chose them and had a relationship with them was simply so that they can know him personally. But folks, in reality, there was another major reason why God had chosen them. In fact, listen to what God had told them in, the, in, in Isaiah 49. He tells them this. He says, I will make you as a light for the what? For the nations, that my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. You see, Israel made the great mistake. Listen carefully. Israel made the great mistake to think that the reason that they were God's people was simply so they could enjoy a relationship with the Lord. But what they fail to realize is that the other aspect of their part, of their walk with the Lord, is that they would be a light to the nations around them. So that the nations all around them would come to know God as Savior. And family, let me warn you, because the same thing may could happen to you, to you and to me. You know, in our personal relationship, in, in our personal life, we can be so consumed with what's happening in our life and my walk with Christ and my struggles and the things in my life that sometimes we forget that we have a personal mission to accomplish. And you know how you can know, you know, how you can know whether you struggle with this or not? Think about your prayer life. Think of the last time that you prayed. What, ask yourself this question. What percentage of my prayer revolved around things in my life, my personal life, and my relationship with God? And what percentage of your prayer 
dealt with asking God to open doors to share the message of the gospel, to talk to other people about, about the Lord. Think about that. You know, our prayers could be so much about, Lord, open this door for me at this job. Lord, help me with this child, with this wayward child. Lord, help me with making this decision at work. Lord, protect our family, right? We can get so involved in our own prayer life that we never pray, Lord, today help me to meet someone that I can share the gospel with. Lord, help me to meet someone that I can invite to church. Help me to meet someone, open a door so that I can encourage someone, so I can take and accomplish the mission that you've entrusted to me. You know, sometimes we look down on Israel because they forget the mission, but you know what? It could happen to us, amen? It could happen to us. And so how, Omar, how do we declare, how do we proclaim who he is? Well, one way, and one of the ways that we've always encouraged you and shared with you, one way is through these invite cards, right? We've all know these invite cards. Man, they are phenomenal tools to start up a conversation with someone. Uh, you know, the reality is oftentimes we just don't have a lot of time in, in quick interactions, whether you're at Starbucks or the supermarket or a store or a quick friend. You know, sometimes we just don't have the time, but you know what? We can say, hey, you say, come check out our church. I think you'll really like it. Listen, God loves you and he has a plan for you. You know, and, and listen, many of you right now watching at one of our campuses or maybe online, the reason you came is through one of these invite cards. And your life has never been the same. And so, listen, I never want to minimize how powerful these little invites could be. So be sure in your way if you want, you can pick some up. But these are powerful tools, especially in those moments when you don't have a lot of time. But there are moments, family, where, we, where God opens a door for a conversation with someone. And so when God opens those doors, we need to be sure that we are ready for those conversations. Amen? Because when that heart starts pumping and you're in the middle of the conversation, we need to know how to clearly communicate what God has entrusted to us. And so from here now, we're going to get really practical. And I'm going to give you some guidelines of just how to go through those conversations, not from myself, but listen, from the same passage so that you know at least some checkpoints to go through as you share the message that God has given to you. Is that all right? Yeah? Can we get some pra really practical from now on? All right. So here's the first step. Write this down as small letter A. The first step is this, is you have to cover what he has done. Now, listen to what the passage says again. Listen carefully. It says, so that you may proclaim, so you have to speak, right? The what? The excellencies of him who called you. Now, when you look at the word excellencies, you might think, oh, well, it's talking about how good God is and how loving he is and how faithful he is. And listen, there is a time for you to share those things, but rather the word excellencies there in the original text talks, it refers to a powerful heroic deed. And so what this verse is saying is that Christians have the distinct privilege out of all the people on the face of the earth to share, to talk, to, 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 to proclaim what Christ has done for us at the cross. You see, there has to be a point in your conversation with someone. When God opens that door, there has to be a moment in your conversation when you share what Jesus did for us. How we were sinners and we were destined to be separated from God, but God in his love and mercy sent his son down here to us, right? Jesus Christ. 
And he lived the perfect life of obedience that we can never live. And then he went to that cross. And listen, he died for our sins. Amen. He died for every shameful thing we've ever done. Listen, Jesus Christ paid the price on that cross. And then after paying that price on the cross, he resurrected to new life to give us a future and a hope, right? That is what Christ did for us. That's the excellencies of, of Christ. And you may be thinking, well, pastor, why can't we just say, talk in generalities? Like, why do we have to talk and say what Christ did for us? Here's why. It's because if you just talk in generalities, you know, you know, put your faith in God and just speak in general terms, here's what happens. They're going to put their faith in whatever their perception is of God. See, everyone has a different perception of who the Lord is or who God is. And so you don't want them to put their faith in whatever the perception is, but rather you want to be sure that they're putting their faith on what Christ has done for us. You know, when it comes to the actual message, I think some of us, here's what you may be thinking right now. You may think, all right, Omar, I got to have to talk about what Christ did for us. But Omar, man, I got to be honest with you. Man, when I get into those conversations and I start talking about there was a, a, a man who lived 2,000 years ago, fully man, fully God, and, you know, he died, he loves you, and he died on a cross for you for your sins, and he resurrected you, and, and, and if you put your faith in him, you can have a relationship with him. Listen, that message sounds a little odd, doesn't it? And listen, God knows that that message is odd. In fact, listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. He says this, listen. He says, for the word of the cross, right, is what? Is folly to those who are perishing. In other words, the word of the cross, what Christ did for us, listen, to people, listen, for many people, it sounds like foolishness. You remember a long time ago when I went to visit my, 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 my dad's family in London, I was just hanging out with my aunt. I've told you before that my dad's side of the family, they're all Muslim. I mean, they don't practice it, but they're just, that's just part of their heritage. So anyway, when I was there, I was just talking to, to my aunt and I said, you know what? I'm going to use this moment to share the gospel with her. So we started talking and started sharing what Christ did for her. And family, at that moment, it's almost like, you know, I came out of myself just to see what I was saying. And listen, I realized at that moment, this message is not your typical message. I think because we're born in the States and sometimes we've heard the message so much, we, we, we think it's normal, but it, it's a very unique message. But, but, but here's the thing. Listen to what, how, the, how that passage continues. It says this, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. But notice, but to us who are being saved, it is the what? It is the power of God. It is the power of God. You see, for those people who God is working in their heart, who God is convicting them, who God is just moving and stirring their hearts, listen, it is not a foolish message. It is actually the power of God to save them is exactly what their soul needs to hear. And family, that is why, listen, we will never be ashamed of the gospel, amen? Listen, we will never be ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to save us. And so, folks, listen, here, listen, we will never be ashamed and, and, and we will always proclaim this message. And I wish I had more time to even discuss this even more. But listen, if you're saying, man, I would love to learn more how to even 
talk about what Christ did, why he had to die. Here's, here's something that's pretty cool that we have for this series, and I mentioned it last week. Now, we have some cool bonus content on our app, and I want to encourage you to go there because there is where we can, can expand more on this. And when you open up your app, you see right at the top, there's a part of, it says bonus content. It's a great place for you to go there and, uh, and, and check that out. If you have, if when you open up your app, if you have this, that's the old app. Make sure you delete it and you reload it from the app store. But there, that's, we have some really cool features. You know, last year, Pastor Carlos taught on, on the three circles, if you remember, on how to share what Christ has done on a napkin. Really cool resources. You'll find that there. You'll find the video there. And then I also discuss why is it that God decided to save people through such a unique message, a, an odd message. Well, I discussed it there too. So make sure that you go there and you download it. It's, I think it's really be beneficial for you, all right? So after you discuss what Christ has done, write this down as letter B. Here's the next thing. The next thing you need to cover in your conversation is not only what Christ has done, but who you were, who you were. Listen to what the verse says. Let's go back to the verse for a moment. It says that you may proclaim, right, the excellency of what Christ did at the cross of him who called you out of what? Out of darkness. In other words, that's another term for our life before the Lord. And so after you share what Christ has did, there has to be a moment, too, where you kind of share a little bit of your testimony. And it may require you to be a little more transparent. But listen, talk about who you were before Christ, how you were discouraged, how you were lost, how you were confused, how you were without hope. Listen, whatever your life was before Christ, listen, just describe it. Because you know why that's important? Oftentimes people have facades. And maybe when you describe how you, who you were before Christ, that's exactly how they're feeling. And so, folks, at some point we have to say, man, who we were before the Lord. And after you kind of share that portion, here's the next step. Write this down as, as letter C. Here's the next step. After you share who you were before Christ, and you can just share in your own ways, the next step is, then, listen, talk about who you are now. Who you are now. You know, if you look go back to that verse, notice what it says that you may proclaim the excellencies, what Christ did, of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous what? Light. See, family, there has to be a moment that after you share who you were, now you talk about who you are now. You know, how you, at one point you were discouraged, right, down in the dumps, where now you are encouraged. You know, at one point you were without a hope, but now you feel like you're full of hope. You know, at one point you were completely sad and without a, without a, without a really a future. It's a, and now you have joy and you have a future. And, and so you got to just share a little bit of the transformation that has taken place in your life. And it doesn't have to be perfect, but just share it. Let the Lord lead you through those moments. And, you know, some people sometimes will say, hey, but you know, Omar, my, I don't have a crazy testimony. You know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, I grew up in the church and I came, I became a believer early on. And so maybe, you know, I don't have a, a crazy testimony, but let, but let me just tell you something. Man, praise God that you came to know Christ early. You know, that's a precious testimony that the Lord saved you early on so that you didn't have to go through a life of pain and suffering. Man, praise God. Can we, can we clap it up for the Lord when he does that? Listen, thank the Lord. Whatever, but listen, do not be ashamed of your story. Listen, it's a precious story of how you came to know the Lord. And so listen, whatever it is, I want to encourage you. Listen, these are just guidelines. 
you just go through it in your own ways. It doesn't have to be perfect. But listen, you need just to allow God to work. God has called you to share, and you just need to let God do what he's going to do in the heart of a person. And then you say, hey, you, you know, whenever you want to take that step of faith, listen, let me know. You can lead them to Christ right there. You can bring them to church. Let them. But, folks, you, you, you have to take that initial step. You know, listen, when, when you take that step, God's going to honor. You may be nervous. You may not know what you're doing, but you know what? It's amazing how the Lord leads those conversations. Amen? Listen, we've been in those moments, and you see God just work through you. And so one, one quick thing before, before we start wrapping up, this, this, that graphic, we go back to that graphic, those three points. Listen, this is also going to be in our app. And the reason I, I, I want to have that in the app for you, so you can save it in your phone. And whenever you know that you're going to have like that conversation, you know, maybe you put in the screensaver, right? And uh, you can just take a look and just it, maybe as a, as a guide. But these are just three simple steps that if you go through this, listen, then the Lord is going to lead you, he's going to guide you, and he's going to work through you, all right? But let me end with this. You know, going back to that story of, of 1917, one of those men, men actually ended up getting to that front line. And he thought, listen, it was too late. But listen, there was something in his heart. He was so determined to get that message across that no one was going to stop him. Why? Because he knew his mission. In fact, take a look at that ending scene. Wow, what a, what a powerful scene. And family, what that is, listen, it is an image of the determination, the urgency that each of us should have when it comes to the gospel. You know, when people in your family looks at you and people who are your friends and who are lost, they're, spent, they're destined to spend eternity with, without Christ, is that the determination they see in you? Is that the urgency that they see in you to get this message 
across. And so family, man, as we move forward, listen, let's be undivided, amen, to what our mission is, which is to share the precious message of the gospel. Why? Because it is the power of God to save those who are perishing. Amen, family? Let me pray for us. Father God, we are just so, so grateful and honored, Lord, that you have chosen us to represent you, to set us apart for this mission. And Father, you know, we are all at different stages in our walk with Christ, but the one thing you're calling all of us to do is in our own way to take this message of salvation to those who need you. So Father, show us the grace, give us the grace, O oh Lord, as a church and individuals, Lord, to relentlessly pursue the people of the city so that more and more people could come to know the saving knowledge of who you are. God, we thank you and we love you. It's in Jesus we pray. Amen. Can we give it up for the Lord? He's so good to us and he's so faithful. I want to take the time to, uh, to I'm going to ask all the campus pastors to come to the front and uh, be sure to be back next week as we, um, our th for our third week of this series, Undivided, all right? I love you all. Have a great, great week.